Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. Yo, 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 what's good, Bills Mafia? Your man Rev here, and you are now tuned in to a special edition of the Rico Report where your boy Rev hijacks the entire show. This is how we do it right here at the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube Network. You guys, let me know how you're feeling in the chat, in the comment section. I know you guys can't get enough. You guys cannot get enough of Buffalo Fanatics and all Bills talk. But you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice will play. And no doubt I'm taking advantage of my man Rico, who's out on vacay. Um, He's back in town, matter of fact, but he's not going to join until next week. So until then, I'm kicking him out of his show. I'm hijacking the whole entire thing, baby. This is how we do it right here. And it's the Friday Night Live the Buffalo Fanatics. It's your man Rev, not Rico this time. Sorry, guys, to disappoint, but we are gonna kick it off in the place. Yo, let me know how you guys are feeling, ladies. How you feeling in the place? Let me know what's up. I've got some people popping off in the chat. My man Chris in the house. What's good, Chris? Let's go Buffalo all day, every day, baby. You know how we doing, Hannah? What's good, Hannah? Go Bills, no doubt about it. My man Don Trotman comes in through. He's talking about, yo, Red, what's good? Hey, it's all good, baby. It is all good. Friday night, Friday night, special edition Rico Report, hijacked by yours truly, Rev Rhodes. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. You say, (laughs) Jason comes in talking about, yo, is it legal to fill in for a Canadian? Well, it's legal today, baby. It is legal for today. This is how it's going down. I'm excited to be with you guys, as always. Anytime you get a chance to talk about the Buffalo Bills, you know how it is, right? It's a blessing. And I hope you all had a fantastic Friday. Hope you enjoyed yourselves. Now it's time for the weekend. You can sit back, relax, kick your shoes off, do whatever you got to do. But this is a kickoff to the weekend. And how else do you expect to do it? Then to sit here with the Buffalo Fanatics. Yes, sir. This is how we do it, baby. This is how we do it. I'm excited about tonight's show. I'm excited about tonight's show. I'm not going to be with you guys long. Knock on wood. At least that's the plan. I do not want to be here long, but I just wanted to pop on here, hijack the show, and talk about some Buffalo Bills. Is that all right? Can we do that tonight? Can we do that tonight? Can we talk about the Bills tonight? 
I know that we've been combining shows. As a matter of fact, let me know how you guys felt about that. You know, we, we've been combining shows uh, to help us get through the, the offseason, especially as training camp approaches. I have been joined by my man, uh, 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 my brother from another mother, my boy Z-Bot. And so he's joined the show on a couple of occasions. Last night, we put on a fantastic show for you guys. At least, at least I felt like it was a fantastic show, in my personal opinion, where we got a chance to commentate a live Madden simulation against the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. And if you guys did not know what happened, go show, go out and check that show out. Um, matter of fact, it is available to you on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube network. Yo, that was a, a fun time, a very fun time. Indeed. And we are getting closer and closer to live action football. How do you guys feel about that? We are finally getting close to football. I can't wait. I, I can't wait. And I'm with you. I'm with you, John. John says, yo, we are getting close to training camp. No doubt about it. But speaking of training camp, <laughs> speaking of Bill's training camp, I've got to I've got to say this and I got to ask you guys a question. Um, I'm sure all of Bill's Mafia already knows about this. But the Buffalo Bills training camp tickets are completely sold out. So if you didn't get your chance to purchase a ticket, or well, I think it was free anyway, so you didn't have to purchase it. But in case you didn't get a chance to do it, so sorry, because it is completely sold out. And I've been hearing uh, rumblings about a lot of Bill's Mafia very, very upset about the fact that those tickets have sold out so quickly. Um, let me know how you guys feel about that. Um, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. Right? I think it's been a, lot, a couple of years since the Buffalo Bills had training camp at St. John Fisher. Right. And so, I mean, it only makes sense. So the first time that the Bills have decided to go back to St. John Fisher for the tickets to go out like that. But I've been hearing a lot, a lot from Bills Mafia about how upset they are. Um, and so um, let me know how you guys feel about that. I just I just wanted to bring that up uh, because, I, you know, like I've mentioned before, I have never been to Buffalo, let alone a Bills training camp. And so I know that I, I can imagine how many Bills fans um, in the area wanted to get a chance to go back and, 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 uh, and, and at least at least at least go to one practice. But all of them, I think there's 11 of them, have been completely sold out. Completely sold out. And shout out to Bills Mafia, though. Shout out to Bills Mafia because, come on now, how many other NFL teams, NFL franchises do you know that sells out training camp, the entire training camp? I don't know of another franchise in the National Football League. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys let me know. Um, but, man, Bills Mafia shows up and shows out. That's kudos to you all right there. I'm telling you right now. The support that Bills Mafia shows the beloved Buffalo Bills is like is unlike any other, uh, not just NFL franchise, but just sports franchise in general. I don't know of another franchise that supports its team quite like the Bills Mafia, which is why we consider ourselves the best fan base in all of sports. Can I get an amen? Yes, sir, indeed. Um, Jason Taylor comes in here talk, talking about last night, talking about not a video game guy, but I had to skip that show. Come on, Jace, come on. What you mean you had to skip that show, man? Whatever. Hey, man, to each his own, but I understand. I understand. Uh, but, hey, we may or may not continue to do this uh, simulation thing. Um, and and, and um, on behalf of 
Zbot and myself and Evan. You know, we want to apologize for the technical difficulties um, that we faced last night. Uh, first and foremost, with myself coming in here acting like a plum fool, plum fool walked up in here. I couldn't hear Zbot, but it was my bad because I I messed up my my, my settings, and so Zbot uh, acted like a pro and kept on going with the show. And we finally got it off and running. Um, but then on top of that, we had some lagging issues with the game. So please forgive us for that. Um, it is it is our, our it is our um, goal to provide you guys not just with excellent content, but just content in a professional manner. So forgive us for the lag. But I guarantee the next time we do it, it's not going to happen like that. But anyway, let's go Buffalo. Indeed, Peter coming through here. Let's go Buffalo. No doubt. No doubt. So I want to jump in here. Tonight, and as I mentioned, I'm not going to be here with you guys long, but I, there's just a few topics that I wanted to discuss um, tonight. We are going to talk about Zach Moss and Duke Johnson. We got to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau, what are the expectations for the young second-year pro defensive end Greg Rousseau? And then, last but not least, as you all already know by the description and by the thumbnail is Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano a top four linebacker tandem in the National Football League so we're going to talk about all of that and hopefully we can get in here and uh, uh and provide you with some great content and some great news and this is a a, a fan show okay so I want to know what you guys think let me know in the comment section how you feel we're going to have a lot of live interaction tonight as we discuss these topics. But before we go any further into any of those topics, I want to talk about some news um, around the NFL, some brief news real quickly. First and foremost, um, let me grab me my, some, my, my notes. Let me grab my notes. All right, here we go. News around the NFL. Number one. The Houston Texans are a joke of a franchise. Period. The end. Absolute joke. I don't need to say anything else. I know you all saw it. The Houston Texans are complete garbage. Okay? That whole issue with them and, and what they did, uh, paying off, you know, all of these. We already understand it. We've been talking about this kind of stuff ad nauseum with Deshaun Watson. Now the Houston Texans come in here and decide to show their their true colors in their face. It's despicable. It's disgusting. They're trash. Sorry, Houston Texans fans. You guys deserve a lot more than that, but they're garbage. The end. Next up. <laughs> Yo, I'm having fun with this one. I'm telling you, I'm having fun with this one. Uh, in other news around the NFL, Derek Carr, he thinks that Josh Allen could potentially be in the Hall of Fame? I mean, what? Josh Allen? Let's, matter of fact, I want you guys to see this for yourself, okay? I want, I, I want you all to see it for yourself. And so I'm, I'm going I'm to share my screen here, and I'm going to pull this up. Hopefully everything goes off without any issues. But, yeah, I, I saw this Derek Carr. He was on um, – uh, I think it was uh, Total Access, and they were talking. They were talking about um, Josh Allen, 
And uh, this is what my man had to say. Let me see if I can find it real quick. All right. Let me see if I can find it real quick, real quick, real quick. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Uh, I've, I've got, you all have to, um, you have to watch this, okay? So here we go. I think I'm sharing it now. You guys can see it. So Derek Carr comes on NFL Total Access, and this is what he had to say. Let me, let me, let me go ahead and blow this up. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I don't think I don't think I show, I shared it properly. So let me let me do this again because I want you guys to really watch it. Okay, I want you guys to watch it because Derek Carr talks about Josh Allen. Here it is. Here it is, baby. There we go. There we go. Now we're cooking with fish oil. Here we go. Let's take a look at what Derek Carr had to say. Wait a minute. Are you guys saying there's no sound? Get out of town. Get out of town. Tell me that's not true. Tell me that's not true. I don't know how it happened. I'm sitting here listening to a dealer. All right, you can't hear it, Rev. Uh, no sound, no volume. Yeah, what's going on? What is going on? Yeah, I ain't trying to mess up this 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 show, but I don't know why in the world. <laughs> I, I don't know why why the volume ain't playing. Let me let me try let me try this one more time. And uh, you guys, uh, let me know. Let's just try it. Let's try it again. And you all, let me know if you can hear it or not. All right. Here we go. You all see it? You know what? Forget it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why you can't hear it. I can hear it perfectly. I'm not sure what's happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, Derek Carr basically is talking about Josh Allen. He's talking about his, his total touchdowns and, and his, his stats. And he essentially says that, that you, the, the trajectory that Josh Allen is currently on right now leads him down that path. It leads him down that path. When you look at his stats and his numbers, what he's done in the first couple of years in the, in, in the NFL, he, if he continues on that trajectory in the next few years, three, four years down the road, maybe even five, he could potentially be in the, in the uh, Hall of Fame. Now, is that a little much? I think so. I think so. I think it's a little early. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if, if the Bills haven't already had um, enough pressure put on them this offseason the last thing they need is 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 to have you know josh allen hall of fame talk right come on now like this is this this is i think this is getting a little out of hand i mean maybe i mean now look i love i love josh allen like any like anybody else don't don't get me wrong i think he's a great quarterback and ascending young talent elite level talent at the quarterback position but before we crown these guys with you know, Hall of Fame status. Let is let's just pump the brakes a little bit, okay? I know, I know these guys are <laughs> they're fishing for content, fishing for stuff to talk about, but I have no idea where they got that from. Um, could he potentially be? I mean, I mean, I, I, I guess he can. I mean, what do you think? I think it's way too premature to be talking about Josh Allen as a Hall of Fame quarterback in the National Football League. Let's let's just wait a little bit, okay? Let's at least let the brother at least at least let him win a Super Bowl. Okay, at least let him win a Super Bowl. Now, I, I understand uh, Super Bowl victories don't necessarily equate to uh, a Hall of Fame inductions, as we all very well know with Jim Kelly and, and et cetera. But nonetheless, this, this man is, is entering year five in the National Football League. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. Can we? Shall we? Shall we? Pete comes in here and he says, yo, listen, he will smash records. But yes. Way too early. Way too early. I agree, man. Way. 
And so, um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, I just wanted to share it because I'm like, I don't know where these guys are coming up with this stuff. It's a little early for all of this conversation. But anyhow, keeping it moving um, in the show. And please, guys, do me this favor. If by any chance you are still not linked up, not plugged into the Buffalo Fanatics Network, do me this huge favor. Not for me, but just do, do, do us this huge favor. Like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the channel with bell notifications on so you can stay up to date with all things Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Fanatics. And we are moving along in tonight's show. Uh, Jeff King comes in and he says, yo, look, his potential is there, but you're right. It's way too early for that talk. I agree, Jeff. It's way too early for that kind of conversation. Now, last week, last week as we move on, um, we at the Buffalo Fanatics, we, we put out a graphic on Twitter. We put out a graphic on Twitter um, with the hashtag Bills Camp Battle. Hashtag Bills Camp Battle. And if you didn't see it, I want you guys to go check that out, okay? At the Buffalo Fanatics uh, uh, Twitter page. Hashtag Bills Camp Battle. And we listed a few running backs who we think are poised for a battle in training camp, Okay. We listed a couple that are safe, and that is Devin Singletary and James Cook. And then the battle is between Zach Moss, Taiwan Jones, Duke Johnson, and then Bubble, Raheem Blackshear. So after that, though, my man Bobby, Bobby Ray, in case you don't know Bobby, follow him. I, I am Bobby Ray. He quote tweets it with the following question, and he says, is Duke Johnson better than Zach Moss? Is Duke Johnson better than Zach Moss? And so that got some wheels to spinning. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's, that's, a, that's a good question. Never really thought about that. Who do you think is better, Duke Johnson or Zach Moss? And man, I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? I, I really don't. But then it begs another question um, as we're looking forward here into training camp. But if you had your chance, if you had to pick gun to your head, whatever the case may be, who would you pick? Zach Moss or Duke Johnson? As we enter into this training camp here, um, what is it, next week or the next couple of weeks? We're no doubt going to see this camp battle, all right? Devin Singletary is safe. James Cook has a first, I mean, as a second-round draft pick, in my opinion, he's safe as well. So that leaves us with Zach Moss uh, entering year three, if I'm not mistaken, and then Duke Johnson, our free agent acquisition. So who do you guys think, Zach Moss or Duke Johnson? Well, let's take a look at some stats here, okay? Let's take a look at some stats. It's, it's clear, first of all, that, that um, the Bills front office, the Bills coaching staff, Sean McDermott, OC, Ken Dorsey, and the likes, they feel comfortable with Devin Singletary, going into this season with Devin Singletary as the lead back, all right? And then possibly 
James Cook as RB number two, or maybe even doing some things out of the slot. We're not too sure. But that leaves Zach Moss. And this is what I want to say. I want to look at Zach Moss. You know, over the past couple of years, Zach Moss has done an admirable job. Okay. Um, he's done okay. Last year, we know what he did. But going into last year, let's take a look at what happened. So last year, he had 96 rush attempts for 345 yards. 96 for 345 and four touchdowns. That's not that good, right? I mean, that's, 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 that's decent. That's okay. But we expect more out of Zach Moss. I know I expect more out of Zach Moss as well. But 345 yards on 96 attempts with four touchdowns. And then we look at what he did in his rookie year in 2020, and he had a lot more rushing attempts, 112 rushing attempts for 481 rushing yards with four rushing touchdowns. That's, I mean, you know, that's that's really not a whole lot to that you want to, I don't know, toot your horn at or whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? So when you look at Zach Moss um, over the past couple of years as an RB2 um, behind Devin Singletary, he hasn't done all that great. He hasn't done all that great. And, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. When, when Brandon Bean drafted him, I had um, – I had higher expectations for Zach Moss. I'm not saying that I thought that he was going to be the RB1 and he's just going to, you know, be the lead cow, the lead back, you know, this, this guy who's going to get all the carries and, and rush for a thousand yards. I, I didn't think that out. I, I knew that, that they were going to share carries. There's going to be a running back by committee. I, I, I already knew that, but I still expected more production out of Zach Moss. And last year, it, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. Um, you know, we all thought that, he, you know, I know I did, thought that he was going to be this this uh, thunder to Devin's lightning, if you will. You know, Devin was that shifty back, uh, cut on a dime type of back. He didn't have necessarily speed, but he had the start and stop ability to make guys miss in the phone booth type of thing, right? Um, and Zach Moss is going to be more of the power back, the closer guy, the guy who's going to close games out in the fourth quarter, et cetera. But he just didn't do that. He didn't do that. He, I mean, he was Mr. Business Decision, right? <laughs> right? Uh, Mr. Business Decision. And Jeff comes in talking about, yo, if I'm the GM and I had to make a business decision, he's on his way to the XFL. <laughs> he's on his way to the XFL. Look, man, look, I feel you, Jeff. I feel you. Um, he just wasn't there. He just wasn't there. And Mark comes in and he says, yo, for the power back that he was supposed to be, he hasn't lived up to any expectation. And that's kind of, and that's, that's where I am right now. You know, um, he was supposed to be this power back. He's supposed to be this guy. What is he like? Like 220? Right? 5'9", oh, 5'9", 205, according to Pro Football Reference. But he's, I thought he was bigger than that. But he was supposed to be this power back coming out of Utah. Mr. Business Decision, a.k.a. Business Decision. And he didn't make anybody make any business decisions. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And so now you, you, we, we come into this year, right? Um, and then in free agency, we added Duke Johnson, okay? A veteran Duke Johnson. Um, and so he comes in. How old is Duke? Does anybody know how old Duke Johnson is? I'm trying to find it. 
right now. Uh, but uh, I think he's in his, how old is Duke? 28, 28 years old. Okay, so he's an older guy. But looking at his stats, okay, looking at his stats, last year with the Miami Dolphins, Duke Johnson, he had 71 rushing attempts for 330 rushing yards, okay, and three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. The year prior to that in Houston, 77 rushing attempts for 235 yards. And the year prior to that in Houston as well, 83 attempts, 410 rushing yards. The guy never has in his career um, reached 500 rushing yards in his career, okay? Never. But where we do see um, the difference between Duke Johnson and Zach Moss is in the receiving area, okay? Because by all accounts, Duke Johnson is more of your receiving back, all right? Now, last year, he didn't do too hot in Miami. Uh, he only had like, like 249 passing yards that year. But the year prior, I mean, he's getting 400 yards in 2019, 430 yards, 2018 uh, in Cleveland. And then we know earlier in his, in his uh, career with Cleveland, um, he, was, he was getting over 500 and over 600 yards passing. I mean, not passing, but re receiving. And so he's your, he's, he's your receiving back, right, which is something that we really haven't had in the backfield. So now when you look at it, when you look at these two guys here, Zach Moss and, and Duke Johnson, who would, you, who would you rather have as we enter into this running back battle and training camp? I guess it depends on flavor, right? It depends on, on what it is that the Buffalo Bills need out of their running backs. We know we got Devin Singletary. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be the lead back, right? But we just drafted, we just drafted James Cook. James Cook, and I, I hear you. Uh, Jason comes in. He says, yo, Johnson is obviously the better receiving back, but we drafted Cook for that. On game day, I think only Singletary and Cook will be active anyway. I've, I, I tend to agree with that. I tend to agree with that. And so let's let's just kind of hash this out though. As we as we approach training camp, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Zach Moss or would you rather have Duke Johnson? Now, Zach Moss, I get it. He hasn't been this power back that we all expected. But is James Cook the power is is he a power back? No. Is Duke Johnson a power back? No. So that begs the, the, the question, like, like, well, well, I mean, do we need a power back? Because <laughs> if we do, it seems like Zach Moss is the only available option. He's the only available option. And yes, I agree with you, John. He is cheaper. He is much cheaper because he is still on his rookie contract, right? And so I think, in my opinion, though, I think that Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson, though he's a better receiving back than Zach Moss, I think that Duke Johnson could find his way to the bottom of the running back room. And when I say bottom, I mean likely to be cut. He could be the odd man out because we don't need two receiving backs Right, he and James Cook obviously are, are, are similar style. 
So the only guy that we don't have or the only style that we don't have is the power back, quote-unquote, finger-quote, power back that we only have in Zach Moss, even though he's not really providing that. Now, do I want to really, um, you know, just like like poo-poo on Zach Moss? You know, I mean, no, I mean, you know, he's, he's dealt with some injuries, right? You know what I'm saying? He's, he's dealt with some injuries. Uh, but nevertheless, he still provides something that we don't have in the backfield. So I think just by virtue of, of a process of elimination, right, he, he's likely to survive. He's likely to survive. Um, because also, when you think about this, Listen, let's, 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 just, let's just think about this. Devin Singletary is on the final year of his deal, right? He is on the final year of his contract. And no doubt we're going to milk that cow, right? We're going to get everything that we can out of Devin Singletary. But once he's gone, once this year is up, do you foresee Brandon Bean extending Devin Singletary? Do you foresee that happening? I, I don't. Me personally, I don't think I see Brandon Bean giving Devin Singletary a second contract. I don't. I could be completely wrong, completely wrong, but I don't think that he's going to invest those types of resources. Not even saying that he's going to be, you know, uh, 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 commanding top dollar, but I still don't see Brandon Bean investing that type of, the capital at the running back position, especially for a guy like, like Motor Singletary, who I think is going to have a heck of a year this year. And I've been on record as saying that I think that the Bills are going to have a thousand yard rushing uh, back this year. And it's likely going to be Devin Singletary. That's, that's my bet. Devin Singletary is going to rush for a thousand yards. That's, that's what I'm thinking. But that's this year. I don't see Brandon Bean extending him. I don't. I, I, I just. I just don't see it. I don't see it. So if Brandon Bean does not extend Devin Singletary, then who does that leave on? It will in the running back room. That leaves James Cook. That leaves Zach Moss, and maybe Duke Johnson. Maybe. I mean, do you see Duke Johnson here next year? I don't think. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so at all. And so what I'm saying is this. If you do not bring back Devin Singletary, right, if you don't bring him back, do you trust James Cook to now be the lead back? Do you trust James Cook to be the lead back? We've got Duke Johnson on a one-year contract, one-year deal. So he's out at the end of this year. He's gone. So that leaves James Cook and Zach Moss. Uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Um, Mad, uh, Mad, so Mad Monkey comes in and says, look, look, look. If, if Singletary gets 1,000 yards, he will get an extension. Okay? With who? Is he going to get extended by, by, by the Bills? I, I still don't see that. I still don't see that because we look at what Brandon Bean has done the past three years. In a row, he's drafted running backs. And he's gotten, you know, decent production out of the running backs, especially when you consider the, the, the nature of our offense, which is not a running first offense. Everything, and we know everything is going through Josh Allen. 
it's going to go through Josh Allen. Running backs are going to be secondary on this team, on this in this offense. So do we need to invest the 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 the, the capital, right? Financial capital into the running back position post rookie contract. I don't think so. I don't think so. So with motor out of the way, that leaves James Cook and Zach Moss. And I like the way Brandon Bean did this because I think he was thinking ahead. He drafted uh, Motor Singletary, right? But then the following year, he drafted Zach Moss. And I think he did that with the idea of them possibly overlapping each other, right? He may have he may have had the foresight to know that he's not going to, you know, likely not going to extend Motor Singletary in a second contract. So that now he has Zach Moss there as a backup plan who has a year another year left in his rookie deal after Motor Singletary leaves. And so I think that just from a business just from a business standpoint that it makes sense to keep Zach Moss on the roster going into not just this year but in next year as well because then you'll have Zach Moss right in the final year. I'm talking about 2023, you'll have Zach Moss there and then James Cook uh, with another a couple of years behind him. And then we can, for all we know, he can add another back in the draft next year at some point. doesn't have to be a high draft pick um, unless a, a top dog is there. You know what I'm saying? But we don't have to do that. So we can just get another guy in round four, even maybe round five, to, to, to fill out that running back room. So that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Uh, I, I see uh, A2I, uh, uh, Libertad Smith L comes in talking about, you know, and, and forgive me if I just completely butchered that name. Com forgive me, okay? But, you know, he comes in saying, I want Cook as the lead back. Now, do you want him as a lead back this year or next year? I'm okay with him playing second fiddle to, to Motor Singletary this year as he kind of gets his bearing straight in the National Football League. Now, if you're talking about in the future, that's, that's a possibility. I want to see what he's going to be able to bring. I'm not going to put you know, um, too, too much expectation on James Cook. I, I've got, I've got to see, I, I've got to see what he can bring. So I'm thinking as we go into training camp, I'm thinking that Duke Johnson could be the guy on the outside looking in. Duke Johnson is the guy that I think, even though he's a better receiving back, he's older and we already have that style in James Cook. I'm rolling with the rookie James Cook with that style and then give me Zach Moss who can possibly provide that closing step. I'm still, I'm still willing to give him a shot. Doesn't necessarily mean we got to give him a lot of carries, but just in the fourth quarter, we want to close out games, hand him the ball. I, I get it. Zach Moss, and I saw somebody here uh, on the chat talking about it earlier. Um, Zach Moss's vision, you know, <laughs> it's not the best. It's just not the best. Um, and, I, and, and that's, tr that's true. That's, that's true. His vision is not the best. But look, I mean, all we need him to do <laughs> Is is run the ball, close out games, right? Close out games, and so anyway, I think it's a good temporary fix as we move on um, beyond Motor Singletary in twenty twenty three. And I've got some people over here talking about two Moss, Zach Moss. Um, let me see here. Uh, Brock comes in. He says, "Yo, Moss is fine. Um, his heart and drive is there." Uh, Jeff King, I don't question your heart and drive. On the drink, <laughs> I don't know what's going on there, man. I don't know, uh, but but anyway, so yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I'm not willing to give up on Zach Moss yet, even though I've been kind of hard on him, and and, and I, I like, 
there was one play in particular, my gosh, I can't believe I'm bringing this back up, but there's one play in particular last year. And, and man, Rico knows it. A lot of people know it too. They, I think we, we, we even, I think Rico posted a, a, a screenshot, not a screenshot, but I think he posted a, a snippet of that play last year. Oh man, it was so bad. It was so bad. Uh, Zach Moss, we were at the goal line. I don't even remember who we're playing, but we were in the red zone. I think we were close to the goal line. Zach Moss gets the ball, hands off, you know, handoff. He's going to the right side, right? The Red Sea parted. The Red Sea parted. And Zach Moss had a clear lane to the end zone, walking into the end zone untouched. But what does he decide to do? He decided to cut it back inside when the complete outside was wide open and he ran into the he he ran into a defender or he I think even ran into the back of, of his offensive lineman so 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 terrible so terrible and then another play was I think it was he, he was he was cutting inside on the left hand side and he tripped over Ryan Bates if I'm not mistaken I think it was Ryan Bates or it may have been Ike Bacher I don't know but he tripped fell short of the goal line I mean that was so frustrating so incredibly frustrating but nevertheless um we don't need him to have a whole lot of carries all right, we don't need him to know to have a whole lot of carries. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking Duke Johnson on the way out. All right. What do you guys think? Yay or nay? But number two, number two, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. And I want to ask this question to you all. All right. As we are nearing 40 minutes into the broadcast. And do me this favor. Do me this favor, please. Yo, it's Friday night. We're having fun, right? Talking about the Buffalo Pills. Let's chillax a little bit, all right? Let's stop all the, all, all the hate, all the bickering, all this nonsense going back and forth. Let's, let's just, hey, let's show some Buffalo love in this place, all right? But my question is, number two, I've been thinking about the defensive line lately. And I had a thought specifically about Greg Rousseau. As he enters year number two, year number two, all right, year number two. And my question is this. Is a year two leap for Greg Russo incoming? Is a year two leap for Greg Russo incoming? It's a good question. It's a good question. What do you guys think about that? Now, what do you guys think about that? When you, when you look at, at Greg Rousseau, what do you think can be expected out of him in year number two? Let's take a look at some things here. All right. Let's take a look at some things here. Uh, first and foremost, let's look at what Greg Rousseau had, um, was able to do in his rookie year. Okay. So Greg Rousseau, let me pull this up here. I want to look at it. <laughs> I hear you, man, monkey. I hear you, man. I hear you. All right, look, I'm, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Russo. I am excited about Russo, and uh, what is on the horizon for this young brother? Last year, he ended last year uh, with 50 combined tackles, 42 solo tackles. Right, eight tackles for loss, one forced fumble, four passes defensed, one interception, and four sacks. Four sacks. Okay. So as a rookie, 
Okay. As a rookie, and granted, um, you know, he he he's still young. He is so young and so green and has a whole lot of potential. Uh, man, I'm excited. So for a rookie year, I think that was okay. That was that was okay. Now, I do think that there was a, a point in the season where he had uh, somewhat of a, of a rookie wall, right? He kind of hit a rookie wall. Um, but what I like, what I like, what I personally like about Greg Rousseau is that for a rookie, though, he displays very good technique from the defensive end position. He does. I mean, he, he fits um, what what Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier are looking for um, out of their power defensive end, right? Um, and that is, he is exceptional, exceptional at sealing the edge. Very good for a rookie at sealing the edge, making sure that that is contained. I mean, when you're 6'6", 270 plus, you get the arms, the arms of a pterodactyl, you expect him to be able to use that to his advantage. And he did that indeed last year at sealing the edge um, as a power defensive end who plays contained. I love what he did. Now, granted, can we, I mean, do we want to see more sack numbers? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't, right? I mean, everybody wants to see higher sack totals. Right, especially from your first round uh, defensive end. But I personally, now I could be wrong. I personally don't necessarily think that uh, Greg Rousseau is going to be this 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 killer sack guy. I I, I don't think so. Um, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe Greg Rousseau just uh, shows out. Right? Maybe maybe he shows out, and uh, we just uh, <laughs> are shocked. At what he does, but I'm just not too sure, right? Um, whether or not he's going to be that guy. I mean, because I mean, his size, granted, I mean, he's a big guy, but but he's not he's not that twitch guy, right? He's not that bendy pass rusher. He's just not that guy. So he's a power dude. He's a, he's a power he's a power defensive end. Now, does that mean that he can? Um, does that mean that he won't get sacks? No, of course not, right? Of course not. But I'm just not too sure if the expectations should be set high as it relates to sack numbers. Um, I, I think I think the guy um, that we're going to see getting those sack numbers obviously is going to be Von Miller, right? Von Miller um, on the edge. Uh, I think he's going to get those sack numbers. But because of the the additions along the defensive line, I think sky's the limit, though, for Greg Rousseau. I definitely think that uh, uh, the sky's the limit. And Bill's Mafia comes in talking about, yo, he will have more reps than last year. Um, I'm talking about Greg Rousseau. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's definitely going to have a whole lot more reps uh, than Greg Rousseau. Um, JPP, maybe? I mean, is that your, is that your comp? Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. That's, 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 that's high praise right there. Um, I'm, I'm going uh, to reserve that type of comparison uh, for Greg Rousseau, but I mean, what is a realistic type of season for Greg Rousseau in year number two? I want you guys to let me know. Let me know in the chat. What do you, what do you guys think? 
If you think that Greg Rousseau can see a, a leap in year two, what does that look like? What does that look like to you all? Huh? When you think about Greg Rousseau entering year two, what does that look like? You know, and so what you know, what I was doing is I, I wanted to look at some some other defensive ends, right? That's what I did. I wanted to look at some other defensive ends um, who were drafted in round one. Um, and so um, that's what I did. Be, I mean, just to kind of get some type of, a, some type of a comparison. So that way we would have a baseline, I guess you, could, you would call it, for what to expect. All right. And so what I did was this. Let's look at Let's look at some former first round defensive ends. All right. Now, in year, and I'm going gonna, I'm, 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 I'm gonna to go to 2020, all right? The 2020 draft. All right. Because this is going to give us, you know, a couple of years worth of, of data here. All right. So when you back it up to year 2020, the 2020 draft, the two defensive ends that were drafted in round one were Chase Young. And Caleb on chase on. All right. Chase Young with the Commanders and Caleb on chase on um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. So now let's look at their stats. All right. Let's go back. Um, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me plug in Chase Young. All right. Cause I'm already, I'm already at year two. Let's, let's plug in Chase Young stats. All right. In year one, Chase Young had seven and a half sacks. Seven and a half sacks in his rookie season. Okay. Um, I think he had 44 tackles, 12 assisted tackles, right? But seven and a half sacks for a high first round draft pick. Okay. And then if you compare that though to Greg Rousseau, the numbers aren't that far off. They're, they aren't that far off. Greg Rousseau had 50 tackles, eight assisted tackles, right? And four sacks. That, that's, 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 that's the main number right there, right? That's, that's what everybody's looking at is a sack total. So Chase Young, for a high first-round draft pick, his rookie year, he had three and a half more sacks than Greg Rousseau, okay? But then in his second year, talking about Chase Young, he went all the way down to one and a half sacks. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Chase Young got injured. Okay, so you guys correct me if I'm wrong, all right? But he, he got injured, all right? But now let's look at Caleb on chase on. Okay. Caleb on chase on um, in his rookie year, his rookie year, he had 19 combined tackles, 12 solo tackles, and one sack. So he had nowhere but up to go from, right? In year two, he had nowhere but up to go through. Year two with the Jacksonville Jaguars, again, one sack. Okay. Yeah, that's it. One sec. All right. So, so those two guys right there um, in year two didn't really provide much of a baseline when, you, when, you, when you're trying to look at what we can expect out of um, Greg Rousseau in year two. So maybe let's just go back another year. Maybe we go back another year. Okay. And um, that gives that, 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 that turns into Nick Bosa in 2019. Okay. Uh, we know Nick Bosa killed it, right? I mean, we know that, right? 
So let's 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 take a look at Nick, Nick Bosa, all right? Because we have a couple of years worth of data, all right, with Nick Bosa. Let's look at Nick Bosa's stats, all right? Of course, he got drafted in 2019. And his rookie year, nine sacks, okay? Nine sacks, rookie year. Sophomore year, he had zero sacks. Zero sacks, six tackles. But I think Nick Bosa also got injured. So I'm not too sure if we're able to get a, a, a good comparison here uh, for, for, yeah, yeah, I see. So Bosa is another that got hurt. Yeah, yeah, Mark, Marco comes in and says he's another that got hurt. And so we're just not getting a whole lot of information here because these guys in year number two are getting hurt. So, so what I want to do is I want everybody, I want everybody to do me this favor. Knock on as much wood as you can find, okay? Knock on as much wood as you can find, and let's hope that 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 trend does not continue for first round defensive ends in year number two. We do not want to see Greg Rousseau in year number two get injured. Okay, let's let's just knock on wood. I don't want to see that happen. All right. So since I'm not getting a whole lot of data for year number two, consider let's let's just assume that Greg Rousseau gets is is fully healthy um, and plays all of his rookie. I mean his 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 uh, sophomore season. What do you think? is a realistic type of season for Greg Rousseau going into year number two. I think he's he's definitely going to see more production. He's going to get more reps. Um, but I think because of the additions along the defensive line, of course, obviously Vaughn Miller, right? And then you go ahead and you add in the defensive tackles. You've got you, you've got Daquan Jones. you got Tim Settle. You bring back Jordan Phillips, right, in addition to um, Ed Oliver. I think that just because of the additions along the defensive line, they are going to create some matchups that Greg Rousseau can exploit. And not only can he exploit, Greg Rousseau has been putting in some work in the offseason, and he's even gotten bigger this year. I mean, he's already 6'6". Last year was 6'6", 260-something, right? I think this year he added about 7 to 10 pounds. So he's 270 plus already, 270 plus. I'm thinking just off the top of my head, off the top of my head, oh, man, this is tough. This is tough. Is it, is it far out of the realm of possibility to expect Greg Rousseau to get um, to double his sack numbers? Can he double his sack numbers? Can he go from four to eight? Is that possible? Of course, anything is possible. But if we're talking about a year two leap, we just don't want a slight increase. I'm talking about a leap. I'm talking about leaping there, baby. Like, like he jumped off on a trampoline there. Year two leap. Greg Rousseau doubling his sack total from his rookie year. Greg Rousseau with eight sacks in his sophomore season. I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to do it. Is anybody else out there in Bill's Mafia land willing to go out there with me? Greg Rousseau, eight sacks, year number two. And I see what you're saying, Marco. Hopefully with Von Miller uh, mentoring him, he makes a huge jump. I, I, I think so. I think that's going to happen, right? I think that's definitely going to happen. Um, oh, man, we got some fire. Matt Eller comes in and he says, 14. 14? 14 sacks for Greg Rousseau, man. Yo, I know this is a recall report. I ain't got my bail, 
But bing, bing, biggity, bing. You know what I'm saying? Like 14 sacks. That is crazy leap. That would be a crazy leap for Greg Rousseau. Uh, wow. If he does that, if he does that, man, he's, 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 he's in the top. Um, he's, he's, he has to be top 10 defensive ends probably finishing out the year. Right, if he gets 14 sacks, he's got to be up there. And if he does that, then what is Von Miller going to get? I mean, the whole entire defensive front are going to just be eaten. Are we going to lead the league in sacks like we did? What? What? Uh, back under uh, Jim Schwartz, man, 10 is a possibility. I see donut. Yeah, okay, eight to 10 is kind of where I'm leaning. I've got another coming and talking about maybe 12. Whoo, definitely see double digits. I like to see double digits also. Yeah, that's a possibility. That's what I'm thinking. Eight to 10 is kind of where I am. It's kind of where I am. Uh, you know what I'm saying? No, no, uh, uh, Jeff comes in with the super chat. Jeff, yo, I, I, I appreciate you coming through with the super chat, man. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, unfortunately, I, I'm just not going to, you know what I'm saying? No, we're, we're just not going to put that up there. Okay, Jeff, I mean, you know how much, how much love and respect that I got for you guys, right? Okay. Um, but hey, Bills Mafia all day, every day. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, guys, look, let's just chill out. Okay. Let, let's, we're having some fun. Okay. We're having some fun. All right. And we're not going to disrespect one another. Okay. It's Buffalo love, baby. Look, 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 I got the shirt on and it ain't just a t-shirt for nothing. Just love. Okay. Let's just love. All right. Let's just love each and every one of us. Okay. All right, because that's that, that's what we got to do, and we're we're Bills we're Bills Mafia, right? We are Bills Mafia. No need to be uh, going back and forth uh, at one another. Okay, um, let's just leave all that disrespect out of the window. All right, but Jeff, you know how much I appreciate you, man. You know that, right? You know it. Okay, so let's let's move on. So year two leap for Greg Rousseau, I definitely see that coming. I no doubt see that coming. Um, eight to 10 sacks of the same 12, somebody jumping in with 14 sacks. Wow. That is a possibility, but I'm going to stick with eight sacks, man. Eight sacks for Greg Rousseau. And I think that's a pretty good season in year number two for Greg Rousseau because he just doubled his total and he's going to continue to get better and better and better. All right. So now moving on number three, the topic of the show. And this is what we have to talk about, man. We've got to get in to this conversation, and yo, I, I, I wish, I want to play it so bad, but because when I tried to share my screen earlier, you guys couldn't hear the volumes, I'm not even going to do it, I'm not even going to do it, all right, I'm not even going to do it, um, but let me, let me, what I want to do is I want to find out what exactly um, was said specifically, okay, um, and, and this is, let me see here, uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Let's see if I can pull it up here. I think I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my phone because uh, earlier this, I think it was this week. Um, yeah, it was. It was this week. It was this week. I saw on the NFL Network. I think it was on Total Access. A particular individual came on and was talking about top linebackers. Top linebackers, linebacking linebacker tandems, and it made me want to ask this question and talk about this. I mean, why not, right? 
But why not? Is Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano a top linebacking tandem or top four linebacker tandem in the National Football League? Is Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano a top four, top four linebacker tandem in the National Football League? The reason why I asked this question, the reason why I asked this question is because on total access, on total access, Thomas Davis, former Carolina Panthers linebacker, was on total access, and he talked about his top four linebacker tandems in the league. Now, he did not list them in any particular order, but he just listed them anyway, okay? And one of his tandems, one of his top four tandems were Levante, David, and Devin White, okay? The linebacker tandem from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? Levante, David, Devin White. Okay, his next linebacker tandem was Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. Okay, from the Niners. Wow. All right. Then, let me see this. Uh, Number three, and I said this is not in any particular order. Number three, Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks from the Vikings, okay? Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks from the Vikings. And last but not least, as you all have guessed by now, the number four linebacker tandem in the National Football League, according to Thomas Davis, Yours truly, our beloved, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. (laughs) Wow. Now, that had me thinking. Like, when, when I try to go through linebacking tandems in the National Football League, can I put Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano up there? What do you guys think? What do you guys think? I have a donut coming in talking about, yo, maybe top six to seven. Maybe top six to seven. Um, HY comes in and says, eh, not four. You know, I don't, I don't like how he's not respected, but he's a pro bowler. Okay. Um, I can see that. I can see that. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, no doubt, um, is a Pro Bowl linebacker in the National Football League. 100%. 100%. Pro Bowl linebacker. And um, is, is he like, you know, is he getting disrespected? I'm not too sure if he's getting disrespected or not. I mean, uh, maybe within Bills Mafia. I know, I know I have 
been a, a, a an Edmonds criticizer just because I've expected a whole lot out of him. Um, could those expectations have been kind of, you know, way out there? Possible. It's possible, you know what I'm saying? But when you're top uh, draft pick from the Buffalo Bills in the first round um, that they traded up for, granted he was young, but they started him at middle linebacker, you know, I, I expected a lot out of him. Now, um, he has been to the Pro Bowl. He's putting up numbers. Talking about Tremaine Edmonds. He's a very good linebacker. Very, very good linebacker. But is we're, we're talking about tandems here. So with he and Matt Milano, who I absolutely love, uh, when you put them together, are they top four in the National Football League? Four? I'm not too sure. I, I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. You guys let me know what you think here um, um, in the chat. And I'm trying to go through here and see what you guys are thinking about here. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, um, you know, he has, he, he has, you know, for me, when I, when I look at Tremaine, there are some instances still in his game that frustrate me, right? Um, he's still, he still is a sucker for play action. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about Jermaine Edmonds, but he's still a sucker for play action. Every time I see him, every time I see them, you know, an offense, you know, giving play action, man, Jermaine Edmonds gets caught up in the play action too easily, too easily. And then he's getting caught up by, by, uh, by, by uh, offensive linemen as they are able to get to the second level. And for a guy who's 6'5", 250 plus, you know, he's just not, He's not bringing the, the 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 wood, man, against those guys and, and and shedding blocks the way that I think that he is capable of. But does that mean that he's not a good linebacker? No, because um, as others have said, and I and, and you know, and I'm agreeing with now, um, Edmonds has been he's he's been he's had a lot on his shoulders, a lot on his plate. He's been asked to do a whole lot in this defense, and um, a lot of I guess we can say, you know, um, his quote-unquote issues have a lot to do with with the defensive line in front of him, right? Um, because when you don't have your one tech, you know, um, in this system, taking on the double teams, what that means is he's not going to be clean, right? And so he's going to have to make a lot of guesses, a lot of decisions on what gap to take, what gap not to take, because, you know, Starla Tulele and the other guys – Aren't, aren't, aren't too gapping like they like they should. So, nevertheless, Tremaine Edmonds has been getting a lot of unfair criticism, I guess you could say, and, and, and for myself as well. I, I'm not afraid to admit it, okay? I'm not afraid to admit it. And then we got my man Matt Milano, who I just absolutely love. I think Matt Milano is, in my opinion, the best linebacker on our team. He is. Um, I love what he brings um, in coverage. I love what he brings off, you know, in, in, in blitzing packages. I think that he's just perhaps a step above um, Tremaine Edmonds right now at this point in his, in his career. Um, but Tremaine Edmonds has a ceiling that is almost like Josh Allen, where there is no ceiling. It's a, there is no ceiling. So if Tremaine Edmonds is able to, to reach his potential, sky is the limit. And I'm with you, Namdi. Namdi comes in here and he says, look, look, Milano is greater than Edmonds. Absolutely. At this point in their careers, I would, I would say the same thing. Matt Milano is greater than Tremaine Edmonds. But as a tandem, where would you all rank them? 
Where would you all rank them um, in the National Football League? I, I think it's fair. I think it's fair um, to say that they are a that they are a top linebacking tandem. Top four, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm top ten. I would say that. Top ten, I would say that. Okay. Um, but who else would you put ahead of them? Um, I'm not too sure, but I, I just think that that's kind of lofty. Right, I think that's kind of lofty. Who, what other linebacking tandems in the National Football League would you put ahead of them? Right, if uh, if if they're top ten, and Thomas Davis puts them in top four, what six linebacker tandems would you put ahead of them? What would you put ahead of them? Um, yo, that's cap. Yo, Milano is not a bust. I, you know, Milano is not a bust. I don't know what you're smoking. I don't know what you're drinking. Matt Milano is not a bust. Nowhere near a bust. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, no, nah, he is better. Okay, okay, let's let's get into it. Matt Milano better than Edmonds? No. Okay, what game are y'all watching? Look. Let's talk about it here. Let's talk about it. In my opinion, right now, at this stage in the career, Matt Milano, in my opinion, is better than, than Tremaine Edmonds. He is at least more reliable, I would say, than Tremaine Edmonds. But Tremaine Edmonds has a much higher ceiling than Matt Milano. Much higher ceiling. And it's kind of hard to kind of, you know, because they're two different style of linebackers, right? I mean, they have some similarities, right? And, and, and But their responsibilities are completely different, okay? But uh, but I, I, just, I, just, I just have a preference, okay? And I just prefer right now uh, Matt Milano over over Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, Matt Milano, oh, gosh, man. I mean, Cinnamon Blitz. Matt, Matt Milano is a is a dog. He's like a heat sinking missile. Okay, he throws his he 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 just he just goes downhill, blows plays up, right? Blows plays up, blows guys up. That, that's kind of what I want to see out of my linebacker that I just haven't quite seen out of Tremaine at this point in time. Sting comes in and says, "Yo, Matt is a hound. Matt is a hound." Okay, um, but that does that mean that 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 we're poo pooing on Jermaine Edmonds? We just happen to have two very good linebackers. Okay, that I personally prefer one over the other. Okay, now Jermaine Edmonds can prove my he can prove me wrong. I mean, next this year coming up, he can have a heck of a year and 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 improve himself and and show that he is better than Matt Milano. Though I think that he has a higher ceiling and more potential, no doubt. Okay. Um, but as we're talking about what other linebacking tandems could we possibly see higher than Matt Milano and Jermaine Edmonds? Um, I would say uh, uh, Dupree. Um, is Dupree still with um, TJ Watt? That's a good question. I think he is. And we're talking about the Steelers here. We're talking about the Steelers here. Um, Bud Dupree. Let me see here. Is he still with him? That's a good question. No, he's not. He is not. Bud Dupree signed um, with the Tennessee Titans, um, so he is he is now on the Tennessee Titans. So he's now he is no longer with the Steelers. Um, let's think of some others. You guys, let me know some other linebackers. I really, you know, what I'm saying like like off the top, I can't think of any others. But I just felt like you know maybe that was just high, <laughs> and I could be wrong. But I just felt like top four is, is high. 
you know, I would, I would, I would want to slot them, you know, five to ten in that range. Um, you know what I'm saying? But, but honestly, I, I just, I haven't looked in to see any other linebacking tandems that I think, you know, could be higher than them. Uh, Dante comes and says, "Yo, I hope Edmonds makes me eat crow like Josh did." Absolutely. Yo, at the at the end of the day. At the end of the day, as much as as much as we, you know, we critique these these guys and our players, we're all Bills fans, right? I mean, we are all Bills fans at the end of the day, right? And and I want them to succeed. I want them to succeed. Absolutely, without a doubt. I don't want to see Tremaine Edmonds. I, I don't want to see Tremaine leave Buffalo. I want to see him earn that contract. And that's the thing. I want to see him earn it. Um, does that mean he hasn't done so right now? Yeah, that's that's up for debate. Right, because when we when we look at top linebacker contracts, he's gonna he, I mean he's gonna command a lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of money. But Brandon Bean, you know, made sure he secured him at least for his fifth year by by doing the fifth year option, right? But is a new contract coming for Tremaine Edmonds this year or after this year? I'm not too sure. I hope so. I hope so because that means that Tremaine Edmonds has 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 done his job. He has done his job, and he has done his job well, well enough to earn him that type of a contract. And I think that when it's all said and done, he and Matt Milano um, together, I think, in my opinion, I think they're underrated tandem in the National Football League. Me, honestly, I mean, if if not for if not for Thomas Davis going on total total access and putting out his top four list, um, I don't know how many. People just, you know, in the national media, just in general, would 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 put would even name Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano together, you know, kind of like, kind of like uh, how they still sleep on and disrespect our all pro safeties, right? Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde. So um, I'm not I'm not expecting a, to get a whole lot of fanfare from the national media um, about the Buffalo Bills especially um, when it comes to um, the young Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. But at the end of the day, all that matters, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, all that matters is hoisting up that Vince Lombardi trophy, which I believe is happening this year. No doubt. I believe that's happening this year. I believe that is happening this year. Uh, No, Jason. No, Jason. No, you're right. First of all, you're right. I this ain't this ain't Rico. I ain't Rico. You are not watching Rico. You are watching Rev hijack the Rico report. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking over. I'm taking over. As my wife comes in here and says, "Yo, this is Rev taking over for Rico while he's out." No doubt, Rico is. He's been out for what seems like an eternity, and I know you all miss him. We miss him too. Uh, he's been out on vacation uh, with the family, but he's back. Right, he's back home, if I'm not mistaken, and he is going to join the Fanatics once again back in the saddle next week. So you guys uh, look out for that, right? Your man Rico is coming back, and he is going to join us once again with some heat. I know he's been sitting there just stewing, thinking about what he's going to say, getting on here, uh, showing some love to the Fanatics all around the world, and uh, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for it. But, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, 
As I mentioned earlier before, I'm not going to take up all of you guys' time on a Friday night. I just wanted to hijack this show and talk about some, some things. I wanted to get some things off my chest, off my chest. Yo, Dante. All right, Dante. Hey, you better say it right, Dante. You better say it right. Okay? Say it right. Matter of fact, let, let, me, let me go ahead and hook Dante up real quick, okay? Let me hook Dante up real quick. Um, let me hook him up real quick, yo. I don't know. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me get that off because that's not. Yeah, there we go. There we go. This is this is for you, Dante. This is for you. On my mom. On my mom. I put that on my mom. Yo, all right. So Dante comes in. I've got to do this, Dante. I got to do this. Dante comes in and he says the following. He says the following. Where'd you go, Dante? Where'd you go? <laughs> on my mama. <laughs> They getting that ring, baby. They getting that ring. Bing, bing, biggity, bing. My man Dante Jenkins coming through with an all my mama take, on my mama riff. The Buffalo Bills are getting that ring. I believe it. I believe it. A hundred percent, man. Yo, this this is the year, man. I don't. Can you guys feel it? Can y'all y'all about to get me fired up, man? About to get me fired up. About to get me fired up. This season. I think, man, I think with, 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 I can just sense it is our year. And it wouldn't be our year without a, without a little bit of uh, adversity, right? We've just been, st- the past couple of years, man, we've just been stewing, disappointed in 2020 after reaching the AFC Championship game. We improved last year. We know what happened in the playoffs. We know that. We know that that feeling, man, in the pits of our stomachs. How much that hurt. That close. Understanding that the Buffalo Bills were the best team at that particular point in the playoffs that nobody wanted to see. That were going to beat the brakes off of whoever came next. Had we won that game, it was a wrap. Bengals getting blown out in Buffalo for the championship game. The Rams in the Super Bowl, they didn't want to see us. So now here we are. Approaching the 2022 NFL season, and there ain't no way we ain't coming for everybody's next. Next, we 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 coming from them all. We coming from for all of them, all of them. And guess what? It starts week one in LA as the Buffalo Bills kick off the start to the National Football League season against their defending Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. And ain't nobody scared of them. Who's, who's afraid of the Rams? Who's afraid of the Rams? Nobody. I ain't afraid of them. I ain't afraid of Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, none of them. We put, they, they put their pants on the same way we do, one leg at a time. <laughs> one leg at a time. Bills ain't afraid of nobody. We coming in there week one. Showing up and showing out. And I can guarantee you this much. I can guarantee you this much. It ain't going to be like that, that, that simulated game that we, <laughs> that, that we had uh, last night. It ain't going to be like last night. It's going to be some sparks flying. It ain't going to be no 9-6 to six game. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen are going to go ahead and blow this thing up. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited, y'all. Are you guys excited? You guys shouldn't have got me fired up, man. I, I, try, I tried to say I, I was leaving, but y'all fired me up, man. Y'all fired me up. This is the year. This is the year. 
So get your popcorn ready. As my man Terrell Owens would say, get everything ready. Champagne ready. We're going to be popping some bottles. It's going to happen. But until then, one game at a time. One game at a time. As Sean McDermott would say, one game at a time. And that's what we're going to do. That is exactly what we're going to do. So, Bills fans, Bills Mafia, Buffalo Fanatics, you guys, that is another show in the books. Man, I appreciate you all so very much. You all have no idea. You guys are hanging out with your boy Red Friday night, hijacking the Rico Report, who he will be back next week, no doubt. And then make sure you stay tuned tomorrow while I got y'all on tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. No, is that right? No. Yeah, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Y'all, excuse me. Come right back here. Same bat channel, same bat place. And watch the Buffalo Fanatics Riders Room as we discuss some incredible topics and having some fun as we always do. Episode number two is going to be joined by myself, yours, yours truly, along with some BF riders, some of the best riders in the game. We're going to chop it up. It's going to have, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. So you guys stay tuned and make sure you join the Buffalo Fanatics Network tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll put everything out on the social media platforms for the BF Riders Room. But until then, until then, this is Rev signing off. God bless. God bless. And what? What do we say? Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Uh. Go Bills. Yeah. Go Bills. Uh. Go Bills. Uh. Y'all don't want to see me spitting no bars. Y'all don't want it. Y'all don't want it. I ain't going to do it for y'all. I ain't going to do it. But until next time, baby, as Rico would say, it's your boy. And I'm gone. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget 
Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.